Welcome to the Mark Steri Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Steri, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota Metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Steri, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's free and also guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you got an extra buck or two lying around and would like to be a patron of this podcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via five-star rating and review on iTunes, social media, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Craig Finn. Just looking into something kind of analytically can give a lot of ideas. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Steri Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Steri Music Podcast, episode 55. A huge thank you goes out to Ryan and Rich for being the newest patrons of the podcast. Can't tell you how much I appreciate everyone that's been contributing to this show. Happy Halloween, everybody. I'm coming at you again this week from my hometown of Turtle Lake, Wisconsin. Just got back from picking up my car from Gosnell's Packer Inn in Prairie Farm, Wisconsin with my old man and my doggy copper. Uh, to quote Charles Dickens, I made rather merry last night, so I decided to get a ride and not drive. Better be safe than sorry for sure. Condolences to my buddy and bass player, Mr. Brian K. Johnson, who lost his mother this last week and had to miss work and all the shows and stuff. So my condolences. Been thinking about you, man. Love you, brother, and looking forward to rocking out next week. Last week's gigs wrap-up. Tuesday, I played a solo show at JJ's Pub at Commander Bar in beautiful Breezy Point, Minnesota. I spent most of the afternoon driving around the Twin Cities looking for a pop-up witch that Neil, the owner, and Paul wanted me to pick up for him because the other one was broke. I finally found one at Northtown Mall, got up there, and saved the day. Painted my face like Alice Cooper and rocked out. And a big thanks to my friend Jamie, who dressed up like a skeleton and had a certain meter to judge the audience's response for the winners of the Halloween costume contest. Use your imaginations there. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. It was a great time. I put together a Neil Diamond medley by request, and it went really, really good. Thursday, I played a solo show at the YZ Bar and Grill, a.k.a. the Muni, in YZ Minnesota. The story of that show is all our friends and staff were all asking about Brian Johnson and seeing how he was doing. And also our buddy Bob, who quotes Caddyshack constantly, won at pull tabs. Friday, I played a solo show at Danny's Bar in Stillwater, Minnesota. And while playing the song Story in Your Eyes by the Moody Blues, I was thinking about my old boss, Jeffrey T. Johnson of Mars Music. And uh, RIP, man, I miss you. Saturday, I played a solo show at GPI, a.k.a. Gosnell's Packer Inn in Prairie Farm, Wisconsin. I donned the Alice Cooper makeup again and rocked out with 
Bart Gosnell, who dressed up as Papa Smurf. And a big congratulations to my friend Andrew, who dressed up and won the costume contest as serial killer Andrew. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, November 2nd, 2016. I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Holt, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Thursday, November 3rd, Mr. Brian Johnson and I will be rocking out at Lucky's 13 in Burnsville, Minnesota from 4 to 7 p.m. Friday, November 4th, I'll be playing a solo show at Ingredients in White Bear Lake from 6 to 8.30 p.m. Saturday, October 5th, Mr. Brian Johnson and myself, we rambling back up to Breezy Point, Minnesota to rock out at JJ's Pub at Commander Bar in beautiful Breezy Point, Minnesota from 5 to 9 p.m. Sunday, November 6th, I'll be playing a solo show at Down South in New Germany, Minnesota from 3 to 6 p.m. Guest this week is part three of three with host and producer of K-Fan Power Trip Morning Show, former vocalist of Rocket Club, and current leader of the popular country rock band, Chris Hockey Band, Chris Hockey. We discuss Michael Bland, Nashville, the Hold Steady, etc. Enjoy the conversation. Mr. Chris Hockey, welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hey, man. Part three. Yeah, I know. Final part here. I told you I talk too much. I'm sorry. Once I get started, I can't help myself. No, it's a blast. Thanks for thanks for being on the show, and thanks for inviting me into the studio here. For sure. And uh, just continuing on from our conversation, uh, I was looking at you up on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I saw you walking around the audience at the Anoka County Fair, I believe. Yeah, right. Cutting the song, uh, Empty Bar. It was an empty bar The kind of place that doesn't try too hard Let's you I thought it sounded great, man. Thank you, you, man. You wrote that? Yeah. Um, here's a, um, a fun thing for this new record, which will be out here in October. And the first single comes out October 1st. I'm very excited about. I just decided, because I read a book called The Garth Factor, which I encourage you to read. Great, great book um, about Garth Brooks and how he changed country music. Fantastic. The Garth Factor. And his, um, I don't know if his edict or what, but he always tried to have a four or five songs on the record that he wrote. And then he'd find the best five songs he could find outside of that. Pretty smart, man. Keep that money coming in your pocket. A little songwriting money as well. Yep. Well, I looked at it not so much from the financial aspect, obviously, because nobody's getting rich in here today. But um, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to find five of the best songs I can possibly find. And then I'm going to write some songs this time, too. And lo and behold, Michael Bland, of all people, reached out to me. For years, I've been watching like Steve Jordan playing with the David Letterman band and people like that. And it's like, wow, that dude, I want to do what he does. He was, he was everywhere doing everything. And Ryan Lissman at the time was playing keyboard for me, and they're very good friends. And Michael said, Bland, the drummer. The drummer. For Soul Asylum. For Soul Asylum. And, and previously Prince, for Prince. Absolutely. I'm dying to get on this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you should have him on. Great story. Great guy. Just a great guy. Uh, yeah, we can, we can make that happen, I think. Right. I think I'm we can make that happen. I'm after him next, for yeah. sure. Um, he reached out and said, do you want to write songs together? And I was like, uh, 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 yeah, of course. So I, I, I went down to it this past winter. A series of three months or so, went down to his basement, and Ryan Lissman and Michael Bland and I wrote songs together, and Empty Bar is one of those songs. Wow. Yeah, wow is right. I know. I feel the same way. What was your process? Did you show up with an idea or a hook or a melody, or how did you guys do that? I had given up on songwriting. Um, 
when I was in Rocket Club, I didn't need to do it. And I told you, I know I'm not as great as the people who are really good at it. Um, so I didn't have a process anymore. And when I walked into to Michael's basement for the first time, they're like, what do you got? I was like, I really don't. I got a few things here and there. And I played him a couple of choruses that I'd had for a long time. And then Ryan said, I've got a chorus. And he played the, um, I love an empty bar, which is the hook of the song. I'm like, cool, let's, let's start on that. And that day we wrote that song. It was the first time we'd ever written anything together. Um, I, I wrote a, a large portion of the lyrics. Obviously, um, Michael and, and Ryan wrote all the music and uh, a, a good portion of the, the lyrics as well. But uh, the process was, I've got a, a, a bit of a chorus line here. Let's try to make it a song. And that's what we did. And that's how we ended up writing 10 songs. And of those three of them will be on the new record. Nice. Yeah, it's cool. I still can't believe it either. I know. So when you're writing a song, do you like grab a guitar or how mm-hmm. do you do it? it? It always comes melody line for me first. But there's no rhyme or reason to how it's going to work for me. Uh, you know, I, but I know, maybe you're this way too. I know when I wake up in the morning if there's a song inside me that day. That is hilarious. It must be some kind of mood or some energy yeah, thing you right, tap into. Right. I have to get it out too. Are you the same way? I mean, like, yeah. like, I will chase it for three days if I don't have time. And I'll be like, I, I know it's in there. I know it's in there. It's not always a good song. I'm not saying that most of the time. No. It's not a good song. But you know there's something in there. It seems to be the ones that are the hardest to chase are usually the worst ones. Too. Ain't that the, the ones truth? Just grand and out, but Ain't that ones true? that pop through are pretty good. Neil Young used to have a songwriting technique where I've always thought this was really cool. He'd get up in the morning, and he'd he'd fumble on his guitar, get a melody in his head, kind of like that, like you were just talking about, mm-hmm. and then he'd drive to the studio and he'd write the lyrics in his head, drive into the studio, and then he'd record it. And that wow. was the song. First thought, best thought, just his total artistic reaction to the day. Wow. That's kind of cool, I thought. Oh, that's very cool. And, and I, you hear everybody's got their own different process. You know, I wonder what it would be like if this was your job and you had an endless opportunity. Because I, for me, I, I know that it's a muscle, you know, it's, so to say, you know. I wonder how how much better a songwriter I would be if that was my job. Or if maybe I'd be a worse songwriter because I'd fall into crutches, you know. But But... I know it is a muscle, and I know the more you do it, the better you get at it. I, I'm sure of that. I wonder, though, if there's a a point where you get where you do it too much and you start writing cliches. The problem I've always had was when I tried doing it, because I was working for a publishing company in Nashville for years and stuff and doing that, but but was the G chord doesn't sound cool anymore. Yeah. Or like just the basic language, if you're trying to have something fit into the country genre, the language wasn't. You just got bored of it. Right. You know, so I thought taking breaks and waiting for those uh, inspirational moments in the sure. morning and stuff, then all of a sudden the G chord sounds cool and, and the lyrics are cool again. So I, I, th- I like capturing more of the the inspirational moments yeah. opposed to just grinding it out. I would think that would be better, right? You know, and there are, we know people, and, and I, I, I'd love to explore that with you about how what it was like to be a songwriter. Did you Were you on a draw? If you know I, what I mean? I did a single song contracts. Okay. Is All right. what it was. Okay, so gotcha. I worked for it was Arista Media, it was called. No kidding. Wow. Uh, um, on Music Row down there. And oh, I was fantastic. In, many years ago. And so they would sign me, I'd write a zillion songs, send them down there, or, or something that, you know, Donna Valentine would play on the Roadhouse or something right. that signed that. And and uh the closest I ever got was I had Travis Tritt 
put one had one on hold. Did he really? And Darius Rucker had one on hold. Wow. And it was off our first record, and that's how I got in with the Capitol and all that kind sure. of stuff. That's really cool, man. But what a neat a thing. A long time ago, you know. Yeah, it, it, it was a different world then. Yeah, yeah. but it, it, from what I'm hearing, it's starting to come back. By the way, I, I, have I a couple, hope so. I have a couple of buddies who are on draws now down there again. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's starting to come back. I had a good. Fr- I can't. I shouldn't mention any names, but I have had friends that have been on draws and work for some big companies down there, and then they get their cut, and then they owe. Yeah. Afterwards, that the like, truth? I, like they I don't know. even get paid. Oof. They actually it finished them. Yeah. I had a buddy get a cut from a, a kind of an okay half-assed. Are, you know they're all, all anywhere up there is great, sure, but right. but kind of a previous big artist now kind of more mid tier artist got a cut by him and lost everything. Oh. It was the worst thing ever happened to him. Man, so many pitfalls, dude. And there are so many people down there. You know, I'd love to tell you that everything about Nashville is romantic, but you know better than I do, man. There are, there are so many romantic things about it, and I love that city. But there are so many people looking to take your money and take advantage of you. And I I try to tell people. I'd never go with somebody that you don't have a friend who know, that knows them yeah. ever because man, I've, I've lost so much money down there, dude. I can't even imagine. I lost so much money down there. And I've know, I know a lot more people who've lost a lot more than I did, but thank God for Jason Perry and people like him, because when you meet somebody down there who is a good egg, then you're good. But man, there are so many bad eggs down there. Oh, I know. Um, my uncle, who we were talking about earlier, that that ran all these radio stations in Texas, he was on the CMA what board yeah, whatever, right. for a long time, and so I had a contact. All he did was just give me these guys' names and whatever, and I stopped in and talked and played. But it took me years to even get in with them sure. at all, right? Right. And that didn't really help. But uh, man, those adventures down there, you go with these little these rabbit holes. And he always told me, don't pay for anything. If just for right now, don't pay for anything. And I think that was good advice. Hmm. I see a lot of these guys I even know that'll just they'll just drain these kids' college funds. And- oh, yeah, man, it's terrible. It's it's terrible. It should be illegal, but it's not, and it's terrible. And you got to watch yourselves. I'll say it out there: if you're a young artist, listen to this. Don't sign anything, and don't pay somebody ten thousand dollars for anything. Don't do it. Because they will take your money and they will never call you back. And I'm telling you, I'm sitting here as living proof. Call me, email me, hawkatkfn.com. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I, I This is a public service announcement. Hawk at kfn.com. I promise you I'll email you back. Send me a, a question. Ask me about the person. I know a lot of people down there. I don't know everybody. But I know people who know everybody. And I'll check them out for you. It's a scary thing and you could lose your life. Ooh, that's our public service announcement. Yeah, there. man. Yeah. Um, let's twist it. We're on our yeah. final one. You're making it a little more positive. So I saw you play with Soul Asylum with Matt Bland, with uh, Michael Bland. Mm-hmm. What's some of your interesting so uh, opening artists you guys have worked with, uh, such as Soul Asylum? Didn't you do some stuff with like Little Big Town? I yeah. read yeah. where the guy said that gave you a big boost of confidence. Yeah, that's. Uh, um, I, I've actually, it's, I, Little Big Town was a great one too. But the story you're talking about was Sugarland. Sugarland, that's yeah. what I meant. Uh, yeah, uh, and, but I, I have a similar story about Little Big Town, too. Funny, but uh, across the board, almost, with one exception, everybody in country music has been great to me. I mean, so welcoming and so willing to put you on their level, which is unbelievable. You know, when you walk up to uh, Sugarland and they speak to you as a, an artist and not as a fan, you can't believe it. And that is somebody who is the first on the bill at a festival 
when they're the headliner on the bill and you're playing at one, they're playing at 10. That's exactly what happened with Sugarland, and I'll never forget it. Uh, we got off the stage. This was Rocket Club. This was Country Jam. This was 2010. Come off stage. Great show. So much fun. Can't believe I'm there. Huge stage. Jumping around, pretending I'm Bon Jovi. And uh, come off stage. And there's Jennifer Nettles, the lead singer of Sugarland. And I'm a fan, you know? Yeah, she's a great singer. Great singer. Ugly, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's hotter than fire. You know, it's funny you say that because I have fire. I have a cardboard cutout of her in my dressing room at home. I do. Nice. I do. I have a, a life-size card. Sorry, Jennifer. I'm not a stalker, but I do. I have a card. I, I, I love that woman. Oh, I, I was completely kidding. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. She's such a smoke show. Um, so anyway, so she's standing there, and which I can't believe anyway. And she says, great show. I watched it. You guys sounded great. And you know that doesn't happen. Most of the time, the headliner doesn't get there until they're ready to go on. And then Christian Bush, her cohort, walks over, and he was just as complimentary. And again, this is my first big country music festival. I can't even believe I'm talking to these people. And Christian looks at me, and he says, he points at me, and he goes, people are going to tell you you can't do this, but you can. And then he walked away. That's great. It's like a movie, right? It's like a movie, and that happened to me. And I've always kept that in mind. You know, we talked about earlier about being in nervous and in, in spots. And I, I keep that, I, that runs through my mind when he said, People are going to tell you you can't do this, but you can. That's what I, that's one of the things I say to myself when I'm walking out on stage if I'm nervous. Wow. Yeah. That was cool. Willie Nelson was super sweet to us. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making. Willie Nelson. Yeah. Dude. We opened for him in Mankato at this great amphitheater they have out there. The, uh, what's it called? The uh, something amphitheater. Nutter. The something amphitheater. I'm sorry. I love it. It's right uh, where they have Ribfest every year. We got to play with him. He was so great to us. And his crew's been with him forever. I'm a huge harmonica guy. Did you get to meet Mickey Raphael? I did not. I did not. But uh, the whole band, all of them look like they've been on the road with him since the moment he started singing. The, the bus driver was telling us the stories about the bus and how this is the third bus they've had because they, you know, they put a million miles on it and they have to get in this third one they've had that year or something like that. Ridiculous. That was great. Um, Jake Owen has been great. I talked to you about Will Hogue earlier, which I still can't believe, you know. Um, it's fun, too, because a lot of times uh, the artists that Rocket Club was a baby band with, they're now stars, you know. So it's fun to watch them, you know. Wow. Lee Bryce, you know. Yep. Um, Billy Thomas, drummer for Rockin' Club, and I had Jägermeister shots with him in Nashville the first time I was ever in Nashville. And now he's a giant star, you know? Yeah. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, I, 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 I've just been so lucky. Everybody's been so nice to me, you know? And, and uh, t- every time, you know, you walk off stage, you're like, that was super cool, man. That was, you know, that was Eric Church, man. That's pretty neat, you know? Cool. That's cool. Um, when I was first starting her many, many years ago, first starting the Twin Cities, I remember, I don't know if he played shows with you, but I remember playing at like O'Gara's and stuff and seeing Chris Hockey Band. Yeah. So you now have a new record coming out. Mm-hmm. You've had a lot of success with with Rocket Club and My Kind of Crazy and Favorite Song and stuff like that. Um, playing Saints games, playing all over the yeah. Didn't you... Played to so many people in Avery, Wisconsin, they ran out of beer. Yeah, right? that was great, man. We ran them out of beer. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
how did you go from there, mm-hmm. playing in the City Pages stuff, to here now? Yeah. Um, how did you wind up here in the first place in this Twin Cities music scene? Well, yeah, I can start there for sure. And as I, you know, just like you, I'm sure, I've been playing music since I was 15 because my mom physically dialed the phone and handed it to me because she got sick of me saying I wanted to be a rock star and there was a classified ad. So she dialed the phone and handed it to me. I've been singing in bands. I never stopped. I even moved to LA for a year in 92 to try to be a rock star and lived there for exactly one year almost and uh, had some great times but failed miserably. But, um, Went back uh, to Virginia Beach, which is where I met my wife and where I was working in radio. And then she got the job being the program director of Cities 97 up here. We moved up here for her job. She's still in the business, by the way. Her radio name is Lauren McLeish, and she is the program director and operations manager at Buzzin and Jack. Um, she's this, definitely the brains of the family. So we've both been in radio forever. We moved up here for her job. Started doing, uh, I was in a band called Poor Beginnings when I first got here just because I couldn't stop. I love singing. Uh, out of that, I joined a band called the Poker Dogs with Kurt Bakken, and uh, he was leaving, and, and uh, Darren Shower, and uh, Tim Walterson, and Jess Frasper, who's still my bass player. As the morning show grew, we changed it from Poker Dogs to Chris Hockey and the Poker Dogs to Chris Hockey and the Power Play to just the Chris Hockey Band, just because if you got a pedestal where you're on a microphone every morning, why wouldn't you exploit it? Of course yeah. you would, you know. Um, but everything changed. It's funny, I was coming home from Bogarts one night. Sarah Jane, my manager, who was my manager then too, and uh, not to cut open a vein on you or anything, but literally had a breakdown as I was driving home from Bogarts one night. Because I was like, I love singing, but I can't keep doing this. It's three in the morning. We couldn't leave the parking lot because there was a guy and a girl fighting and the cops were there. And so it's 3.30 in the morning. I'm driving home. My babies are at home in bed. Why did I leave the house tonight? Why am I doing this? I played the same show tonight I played yesterday, and I'll play the same show tomorrow I played, you know? And so I just reached a breaking point, had a breakdown. And again, because I'm the luckiest guy you'll ever meet, that maybe maybe I'm um, fictionalizing it a bit, but not too long after that, maybe a week after that, Kirkwald called and asked if I wanted to join Rocket Club. You know, if he, it wasn't even Rocket Club at that point. If I wanted to be in a band that was kind of Eagles-like. That's when everything changed for me. That's when it all became, that's when it went from being a cover band, party band that I did just because it was fun to being a real legitimate um, original record possibilities project. And I started having success. Wow. Then. Yeah. What kind of songs were you playing in that old version of mm-hmm. Chris Hockey Band? Um, anything that would make the girls jump up and down, going back to girls, girls, girls. Right? Girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Uh, we play everything from My Own Worst Enemy by Lit, which was awesome, to. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of some obscure things we did. Oh, uh, we did uh, um, uh, Banditos. So just how far down do you want to go? So we played <laughs> some stuff just because we wanted to play it. But then, of course, we played Crazy Bitch by Buck Cherry because that's my jam and, and stuff that would make girls dance. But, you know, again, that's the, for me, um, at this point in my life, it, I, I didn't do it for the money anymore. I, I only did it because I love singing. And I stopped loving singing covers. And that's when I started breaking from it. And again, if Rocket Club hadn't come along, I wouldn't be. I still wouldn't be doing music. I, I that's not. That's not. That's not probably true. I'd probably still be doing some kind of music, but I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Wow. Um, the Twin Cities is full of uh, has a rich music history of bands and mm-hmm. live music and all kinds of stuff. Um, who are some of your favorite Twin Cities artists you've either worked with or yeah. been a fan of? Um, 
you know, obviously Prince. I mean, come on. You know, if the elevator tries to bring you down, go crazy, punch a higher floor, and they find his body in an elevator, that still gives me the chills, man. Uh, but I love Dan Wilson. Close circuit. If you know Dan, please have him reach out to me or something on Twitter because I got to meet that guy. It, there's not a song he's ever written that I don't love. You know, I love Simisonic, but my, some of my favorite Dixie Chick songs are his. My favorite Chris Stapleton song is a co-write with Dan Wilson, you know? Um, he wrote stuff with Adele too, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He wrote the Adele song, right? I mean... Or co-wrote, I should say. Uh, so I love Dan Wilson. I love the Jayhawks, man. That harmony, you know. Uh, I'm going to make you love me. That's just freaking great. Hold Steady. Um, specifically for the song Stuck Between Stations. Dude, the second oh. verse of that, right? The devil and John Berryman, they took a walk together and they ended up on Washington talking to the river. He said, I surrounded myself with doctors and deep thinkers, but big heads and soft bodies make for lousy, lousy lovers. lovers. How wonderful is that? That's Bob Dylan right there, man. Right? Oh, that song is so cool. How about, the, and the rest of that verse, um, and there was a night that we thought that John Berryman could fly and he didn't, so he died. She said, you're pretty good with words. But words won't save your life, and they didn't, so he died. And do you know who John Berriman is? Do you know the story behind that? No, I, I, I can't believe how well you know this song. And I've heard it like a thousand times. You must have really gone over this with a calm. John Berriman was a poet who was a, um, a teacher at the University of Minnesota. A well-known poet. And uh, I don't think I'm being uh, improper by saying well-known alcoholic. And uh, tortured soul. And the whole thing about the devil and John Berriman, they took a walk together, they ended up on Washington talking to the river, was because John Berriman decided he was going to kill himself, okay? Ended up on Washington talking to the river. He said, I surrounded myself with doctors and deep thinkers, but big heads and soft bodies make for lousy lovers. Couldn't find anybody, right? So this is him standing on the bridge. And then the next part is, there was a night we thought that John Berriman could fly, but he didn't, so he died. He jumped off the bridge, but he missed the water. And he landed face first in the mud and suffocated. And that's how he died. Are you serious? I'm serious, man. That's the story behind the second verse of that song. Right? That was totally over my head. Right? I've rocked out to that in my car a hundred times. That yeah. intro. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I know. It's a great it's a great song. Uh, but he didn't, so he died. She said, you're pretty good with words. He was a poet. But words won't save your life. And they didn't. So he died. Dude, that's the eulogy. That's that's the perfect 
encapsulation to a life right there. She said, words won't save your life, and they didn't, so he died. That's it, man. He was a poet, but the beauty that came out of his pen, out of his mind, wasn't enough to keep him alive. Beautiful. Why am I not that good? Why, why can't I write that song, man? Holy moly. And I'm blanking on the dude's name from the whole study, and it pisses Finn, me off. Finn, Craig Finn. Craig Finn. Genius. If he never wrote another song but that one. I think those guys are just at another level. Oh. They don't they're not afraid to be artsy fartsy too. Yeah, but he's talking about the Gophers in that song, Jack Kerouac in that song. Yeah. Yeah, Sal pa- there there were nights when I think that Sal Paradise was right. Here's Sal how d- Paradise, that's yeah. Yep. And here's how dumb I, I am. I, I'd never listened to or read I, I listened to a lot of audiobooks. I didn't know who Sal Paradise was on until one day I was listening to the audio version of On the Road. And I'm like, oh, oh, ah. Oh. No, and he actually says, um, boys and girls in America have such a sad time together. That's an actual line from On the Road. Now I get it, right? Wow, that's the title of the record, too, is Boys and Girls in America. Boys and Girls in America, yeah. Wow. Right, I know. That one song, dude. That one song. There are songs like that, man. Uh, The River is Wild by by The Killers. Do you know that song? I love the Killers, but oh, I did not know dude. that song. The song "The River's Wild" off Samstown. Listen to that one time. Uh, at the end of it, um, uh, he's talking about being a circus. I don't, uh, you know, now the cars are everywhere. Um, I don't think I've ever seen so many headlights. But there's something pulling me. Uh, I could go on and on. I, I, I just uh, songs that are well written like that, where they have that uh, that that depth. Incredible. Are you more of a lyric guy or a melody guy when you're listening for songs? I can I can appreciate and love a song because of its melody, but it's about the words for me, man. Wow. It's about the words for me. I can I can absolutely I can come up with a list of songs that make no sense that are dumb that I love too. But the songs that I deeply love, like Stuck Between Stations, it's about the words, man. Do you do you know you know Sunvolt? Sunvolt? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That whole record trace, if again, a public service announcement number two. If you're out there listening, you've never heard the record Trace by Sunvolt, listen to that. May the wind take your troubles away. May the wind take your troubles away. Both feet on the floor, two hands on the wheel. May the wind take your troubles away. That's some of the best written lyrics you'll ever hear, ever. Did you ever... Speaking of Sunvolt, did you ever go down the Wilco road? You know, I, I have a little bit. I don't know why it doesn't do it for me. And they had a, a band before that called Tupelo. Tupelo. Uh, uh, Uncle Tupelo. Uncle Tupelo. And again, doesn't do it for me as much as that one record by Sunvolt. I don't know why. But I've listened to that. I've listened to Trace in almost every marathon I ever ran. Um, so I've listened. I listened to, on the Aegean Sea, I listened to the record Trace by Sunvolt as I was cruising across on a boat. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? It's just that song goes record is today. I, I don't know if I, I don't think I have oh, that dude, record. There are um there's so many. There's um uh, uh May the Wind Keep Your Troubles Away, both feet on the floor, two hands on the wheel, may the wind keep your troubles away. Trying to make it far enough to the next time zone. Um how how about this? There's a line in that record he goes, uh, switching it over to AM, searching for a truer sound. I can't recall the call letters, steel guitars and settle down. Catching an all night station somewhere in Louisiana. Sounds like 1963, but for now it sounds like heaven. Right? Poetry, man. Why can't I do that? 
right? I'm a lucky guy, man. I get to do a lot of great things in life, but that's the one thing. If you're ever looking at that guy going, he's got it all. That's the one thing I can't do. I can't write lyrics like that, man. They're all in here too, man. Don't get me going. I'll be here all day. I'll I'll just lay them all out on you. I think that, I think it's hard to incorporate going for the mass audience, big country crowd, and mixing that in there. Yeah. Um, that's really hard, except for like the, you guys got super lucky with the Rocket Club. Yeah. Um, with One More Day, that guy was, but it's hard to mix that all that oh, all yeah. together. It's impossible. And that's why as somebody like a Bruce Springsteen who can find a way oh, yeah. is to me a genius. I mean, okay, I'll give you another thing. Have you ever watched uh, Wings for Wheels, the documentary on the making of Born to Run? I have not. Yeah. Was that with Phil Spector? And it was, he, there was like, oh, there's... Um, it's a wall of sound thing, yeah. but, it, but it wasn't Spector. It was... Um, uh, uh, he's a record guy now. He's on The Voice all the time. Bald guy. Was it Iovine? Yeah. Hey, Iovine? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, uh, there's, you know, he wrote, um, going back to what you were saying a little bit ago about the G string sounding um, boring to you sometimes. You just get sick of it. He wrote all of Born to Run on piano. Yeah. Really? All of it. Sat down and wrote the piano. And then he did this. He said, I'm going to put classical style intros on these songs that have nothing to do with the rest of the song. And if you listen to the record now, you'll hear it. And then it goes into, you know, 10th Avenue Harp. Where the hell does that come from? The, the intro doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the song. He put intros on those songs. And you can hear it sometimes yeah. during the middle of the songs. Like the, I think it's a commercial for Northwest or something, some classical music sure. thing. Yeah, right, dude. Uh, Thunder Road from that record, by the way. Let's talk about lyrics to a song. Let's talk about lyrics to a song. Dude, do yourself a favor. Go home. Go somewhere on the way home, buy Wings for Wheels, and watch the documentary. And watch how many times he wrote the lyrics for Born to Run. Watch how many times he wrote the lyrics for... Uh, um, Thunder Road. Thunder Road. Screen door slams. Mary's dress waves. Like a vision, she dances across the porch as the radio plays. Roy, Roy Orbison, Orbison singing for the lonely. lonely. Hey, that's me, and I want you only. Don't turn me home again. I just can't face this night alone again. Uh, dude, I said that last line wrong, but you get my point. Uh, it's brilliance, man. Why can't I do that just one time? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mr. Chris Hockey, yes. thanks for being on the Mark Stereo Music Thank you, Podcast. Dude. I sure appreciate it. What a fun morning, man. It's Thank you fun. very much. Uh, for the story behind the song segment, I kind of liked uh, that captivated song off your latest mm. record uh, with Pam McNeil. She wrote that song, man. And really? Re- yeah, she wrote that song all by herself. Reba McIntyre had it on hold, and... Um, and it didn't make the record. So when I heard that, I was like, um, Pamela, can I just put it on my record instead? And she said, yeah, my goodness, what a voice on that girl. And she's a great songwriter. Pamela McNeil, man, love her. Yes. We should say hello mm-hmm. to a person that helped me get in contact with you, Kelly. Oh, yeah, Kelly from Kicks Photography. Yes. Oh, Kelly Bakke's the best. Kelly, I love you. I teach uh, her niece during summer school. Oh, do you she, really? I, I direct some plays and do this stuff, and I teach her niece. Niece is super talented. So, oh, man. So it's a small world. It is, and, and let me say this about Kelly, and and, and, and thank you, Sarah Jane Hoy, my, uh, uh, my manager who's been with me every step of the way and believed in me even when I didn't believe in me. Uh, 
Kelly, as I said on my on a tweet the other day, finds a way to capture the shine. You know, because like we talked about, and you know what I'm talking about, that feeling when you're on stage and you're connecting with the audience, right? And you're that person you always wanted to be. Somehow, man, at every show, she captures that moment. Nobody's ever done that before. It's pretty cool. She's great. Um, Mr. Chris Hockey, thanks for being on the Mark Stary Music Podcast. Thank you, I, I sure appreciate it. Maybe we'll have you back for a top five. I think they've probably heard enough songs. of me, man. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. I, I talked and talked and talked. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thank uh, you, look for Chris's new record, and you can find your stuff on iTunes and yep. chrishockey.com. That's it. Um, thanks again. I appreciate it. See you, bro. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. This is a listener-supported podcast, so if you would like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time.